All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff Show, your everyday source for the latest news with top notch insight and analysis, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Yo, 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 it's the Daily Faceoff Show, and today is Thursday, March 24th. He's Mike McKenna, former NHL netminder, and we are streaming live on dailyfaceoff.com as well as Twitter and YouTube. Mike, how you doing? Hopefully, better than the Vegas Golden Knights. <laughs> man i just like how you make our opening rhyme yo 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 daily face-off show dude i think we need to make like a full-on rap battle out of this or something and put it out there just get a bunch of clips man the frank saravalli yeah. mixtape i think that's in Hard your future no. frank no. <laughs> no no chance well, let's talk some hockey man enough with the mix yeah tapes. let's uh let's throw two minutes and 30 seconds up on the clock and let's drop the puck with this the story that's dominated headlines in the hockey world it took almost uh, took actually more than 48 hours after the nhl's trade deadline for one final deal to be sorted out and that's the trade that was voided evgeny dadanoff going from the vegas golden knights to the anaheim ducks the nhl formally canceling the trade or invalidating the trade on Wednesday afternoon, saying that Evgeny Dadanov's 10-team no-trade clause in this case was not respected. There was clearly a snafu that existed. A lot of people shuffling the blame. Is it the Ottawa Senators' fault? Is it the Vegas Golden Knights' fault for not being in receipt of this 10-team no-trade document that was properly submitted by the agent to the Ottawa Senators the day before it was due? Mike, where do you come out on the matter and do you feel for Evgeny Dadanov? 
Yeah, big time for the player. I mean, think about it. Like Vegas doesn't want him anymore. They wanted to move him. They wanted to get rid of his salary cap. And all of a sudden, hey, you're back. Everything's fine. Come on in. Like, it's just a weird spot for him. I, what bothers me here is that I don't think we're ever going to get clarity. The NHL released a statement that basically said, well, we voided the, the trade. That's it. Like, I really want to know what happened here. Like, either whether it was Ottawa or, or the league or Vegas, like, we just won't know. And that leads to a lot of speculation. I just want to know what happened. And bottom line here, Frank, like, there's got to be a better way to do this. Like, whether they have to hermetically seal these no trade lists so nobody can find out who they are other than the league registry and the team and the player or something, like, there's got to be a change so we don't have this gray area anymore. Like, can, can you see that possibly happening in the future? I think it needs to. I can't. Look, I think there's been a gross overreaction by people in the last number of days saying, this whole process needs to change. The system is broken. Mike, how many times has this come up before? How many times has there been a voided trade? It hardly ever, ever happens. And yeah. the big part of it is like, there's usually better communication. And in 2022 or 2021, when this list was submitted, there's email proof. This, this should have been overturned in a matter of five hours. Like it shouldn't have taken 48 to get this sorted out. That I think is really the issue here. This to me, knowing the facts was a cut and dried case. Whether or not Vegas received it from Ottawa or not is immaterial. It doesn't matter because this list was properly submitted and there was proof electronically through an email that it was properly submitted. That's all that matters. There was in fact a reply email I'm told from the Ottawa senators to the agent that proved that it was properly received. Once that's the case, it's on the Vegas Golden Knights to read what's in the contract specifically that says this player has a 10-team no-trade clause. And once that happens and that's the case, they should be asking themselves, where is it and why don't we have it? And either way, they need to check before that trade goes through to say, hey, we didn't have it. Why don't we have it? Who's on the list? And if it's the Ducks, then this trade can't happen. This didn't need a, a Zapruder-like investigation to figure out what went on. Find the list. See if the ducks are on it, and if they're if they are, then the trade can't happen. It's as simple as that. I don't think we need to reinvent the wheel here, reinvent the system. This has very rarely happened. Central Registry usually has things buttoned down, and I think if you start putting these lists on file, you're going to be bothering agents and players, and frankly, other teams. No one needs to see that so and so has all seven Canadian teams on his no trade list. That player doesn't need to be made to be out to be a villain. There's no need for that. So I just think I get fired up thinking, you know, everyone gets on their high horse now after the deadline's over. Central Registry does a great job. They've got a lot to deal with. Deadline day itself is overwhelming. This, you know, sometimes these things just happen. This is a one-off scenario, in my opinion. And I just don't think it can happen. That's the hard part. Like, this is a huge mess. I just, I think there can be a way to create something that's that's vacuum tight on this so play, people don't find out who the players have on their list. I would just like to see that tightened up the process for it to happen. I don't disagree with hardly anything you're saying here. It very rarely happens if ever. But man, this was a big time mess and and the player and even the Ducks, man, the Ducks end up in bad shape on this through none of their own doing as well. So, it's tough to fight incompetency or carelessness at times, but we just see that it happens and I'd like there to be safeguards to prevent that. Yeah, I get that. You know, it's the team that's really in a big, tough spot now is the Vegas Golden Knights. How do they clear enough cap space to be able to activate either Alec Martinez and or 
Mark Stone, when it comes to it, there's a lot to unpack here. Wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. to see Dadanoff traded in the somewhat near future. Who knows? We'll keep an eye on that. Let's move to another deadline deal that happened. You see Mark Giordano making his Toronto Maple Leafs debut. Maybe not exactly in the sweater that he would have imagined it as a kid. It wasn't blue or white, but the Toronto Maple Leafs wearing their black next-gen uniforms. I actually happen to like them. A lot of people were saying up in arms, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, they don't wear black. You're our sartorial expert, Mike. Give me your take on the Toronto Maple Leafs, not just their uniform, but how Giordano fit into their lineup for his first game with his hometown team. Well, we're all talking about the jerseys. I mean, this is a clean look. This isn't a crazy looking jersey. Let's have some fun here. If it moves some merch, great. If people get excited about it, if it draws Justin Bieber in, every impression we get is good in hockey. It's not their main jersey. It's a, it's something they may wear occasionally, man. It had Will Arnett going crazy on the TNT broadcast. Wayne Gretzky was even had a Leafs jersey with his name on it. Regardless, Giordano is an upgrade for this team on D. He looked really good with Lilgren last night, and he played a lot of minutes. You know, he's 18 minutes and 13 five on five. And you look at the decor of Toronto now and, and factor in expecting Jake Muzzin to eventually be in this mix. It's a lot different look than it was previously uh, when you had Dermot in the lineup and, and it, you know, other players that weren't quite ready to do this. And even Lilgren, where is he going to slide in? They were much better. They were good five on five. They were playing the Devils last night. So it's a small sample size. But if you need better goaltending, you have to have better defense. It's a symbiotic relationship. Any goalie will tell you that. If you get help in front, it makes your job easier. I thought Giordano was good in front. I thought he was great getting the puck out of the zone as well. And that's a big thing from Toronto is just possession time. So um, I, I think this is Giordano was a great move for the Leafs. And Frank, he wants to be there, man. Like to me, that matters a ton. He's got pride in that jersey that he's wearing. Yeah, it was also a bit of a redemption night. You see Peter Mrazek making 20 saves. Feels like the first game in forever that he didn't give up at least three. Yaroslav Halak had a big night for the Vancouver Canucks as well, but wanted to go back to the Leafs D pairs for a second because I think when you start to get excited is, is thinking about what it might look like if Jake Muzzin, if and when Jake Muzzin comes back. If you mm-hmm. like Ilya Labushkin with Morgan Riley, which it seems like Sheldon Keith does, You have the ability to have your second pair be Giordano and Brody reuniting those two from his Naris Trophy season in Calgary. Throw Brody on the right side, and then you can take Jake Muzzin and put him on your third pair, probably with Liljegren, and leave Justin Hall as your potential seventh or healthy scratch. That puts your team in a a spot moving forward where uh, obviously Muzzin and Hall struggled a bit that you're taking some minutes off of Muzzin's plate. You're asking him to do less as he tries to find his game again after what's been a really shaky season with both the concussions and the hesitancy that was in his play, frankly, between the concussions that I hope didn't lead to the second concussion that happened there. So that's the excitement with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And if they could just get their goaltending with some better defensive play to average itself out a little bit and rebound, The Leafs can be a really interesting playoff opponent. The problem is, Mike, as you know, everyone else in the Atlantic loaded up. Yes, they did. And and I like everything that you've said, especially that to me that Giordano could play one through six. You can pair him with whoever you need. Like that's a player that's so versatile in what he does. And he can play power play. He can chip in there as well. It was a great pickup for that club. And again, it's going to come down to goaltending. You really hope Jack Campbell can find his stride. But I did like Mrazek last night. He looked more in control. It seems to be a focus for him. 
Yep, man. From one debut on Wednesday night to another on Thursday night, the biggest name that moved at the NHL's trade deadline, Claude Giroux, going to the Florida Panthers. He will make his Panthers debut on Thursday night at the Bell Center in Montreal. Still seems a little bit odd to see Claude Giroux wearing that uh, Florida Panthers uniform, but he's worked his way into the lineup. I think it was a little bit of a surprise for the Panthers. I don't know that they were necessarily expecting him this soon, but what a lineup this is for the Panthers. It's important to keep in mind that when you take a look at this, this doesn't include guys like Anton Lundell who are out. Uh, this is an incredibly deep and strong lineup that Florida has that, you know, we talked about the Atlantic gearing up. They're right there in that conversation among the top teams in the, in the conference, not just the division. Oh, they're so strong top to bottom. And, you know, even with Ekblad out and injured right now, you look at how things can change and how the team can mold and adapt and get around that. And no bigger, you know, example than the power play. Like they're considering rolling out five forwards on their power play. Why? Because Aaron Ekblad, big right-handed shot at the point while he's out. Who can you fit into that role, Frank? Oh, I know. Oh, a guy named Claude Giroux. He happens to be right-handed. He can shoot the puck. He can distribute it. He's done this type of role previously. I can tell you from a goalie's perspective, it does make you a little bit nervous to look and see five forwards that are playing uh, on the power play in front of you. You don't have that same safety valve. But you know, from Florida's perspective, were they going to move Montour into that position? He, he's a big piece of their secondary unit. Uyghur, he's played power play before in the minors, not a lot in the NHL. Like To me, it just makes a lot of sense to put Drew in this spot. And we'll see how it goes. But dude, it's... It's an abundance of riches in in Florida right now with that lineup. The depth that they have up front is is scary, man. And you look at a guy like Verhage, who's he can play anywhere. Like that's the biggest strength to me of Florida is they have a lot of versatile forwards that are all skilled, that can all skate, and they can all play fast. What's the last team? When's the last team? I don't know the answer to this. That that used five forwards regularly on the power play. Oh, I can remember being in New Jersey and Yila Kovalchuk playing entire two-minute power plays. And I think that that might have been the last time I remember five forwards. Teams have tinkered with it previously. I can't remember the last example. It's rare. It does happen. But it's, boy, without that safety valve, you start to get nervous out there for a goaltender because you just want somebody that knows how to skate backwards and to defend against a rush, especially in today's well, game when everyone pressures so hard to the points on, on the kill. It's kind of nice, though, that you have the reigning Selkie Trophy winner in Barkov on the ice. I mean, that does that kind of count at least as a half of a defenseman? I don't know. Uh, interesting. Only because to he's going to have the puck. <laughs> I, I, I just I love the idea of it, and I think seeing Claude Giroux on that top power play unit is a big reason why his choice was the Florida Panthers. I think mm -hmm. from talking to people that know Claude Giroux well, his his big question mark with going to another team like the Colorado Avalanche was where would I fit? It wasn't just about mm -hmm. chance to win. It was where do I fit in the lineup? Where will I fit on your power play? And it wasn't from an ego perspective. It was like, if I'm going to go all in and decide to eventually move from a team, the only team I've ever known, I want it to be a place where I can play a continued prominent role. Yep. I totally agree. I had the same reservations thinking about him going to Colorado. I didn't know where he fit. He seems to be really good in Florida. We'll see how it works. But on paper, this is pretty nice.
It is certainly indeed. So we'll see how the Florida Panthers look tonight and Claude Giroux's debut. Let's get to the Chicago Blackhawks. Obviously, the Hawks selling off pieces. Kyle Davidson did not pull any punches. Just right from his opening introductory press conference as the Blackhawks GM, you see the guys that end up being on their way out. Marc-Andre Fleury, Brandon Hagel, Ryan Carpenter. More changes will be coming for the Chicago Blackhawks over time, but what's caught my eye is the comments from Captain Jonathan Taves over the last you know, 10 or 12 days about some of these moves. You see this quote from Ben Pope of the Chicago Sun-Times, Jonathan Taves saying, I'm not going to lie. It was disheartening to see a couple really good friends go. When you cultivate that chemistry and that friendship and that connection with your teammates, you want to keep building off of it. So it's definitely a little disheartening. And that wasn't really the one that really captured my attention. There was another one as well. Yeah, if Hags is the guy that's Brandon Hagel that to get traded if he's not a guy that's part of the rebuild then i don't know here's what i do know mike you see the comments from jonathan taves a guy that really hasn't held up his end of the bargain as well in terms of his contract and his play of late where's this heading like where the big question mark is what happens with patrick kane and jonathan taves kane seems to be a lot more supportive of the rebuild it seems like chicago is a place that he wants to be and it seems like taves Kind of has one foot out already. I appreciate Taves being honest. I always do with players. I wish there was more of that. But you hear those quotes about things being disheartening. And then I also caught one that really made a difference to me, Maurice. They asked about his captaincy. And he said, yeah, no doubt some days you just want it to be easy. And you want to just say, ah, screw it. Focus on your own thing. Just lighter, a lot less responsibility. What I'm hearing here is a player who's already thinking about what it would be like. He said, you picture yourself leaving an organization, what it would be like to play somewhere else. Like you said, Frank, like one foot out, like if you're having doubts, Jonathan Taves, about what it's like, if you're having doubts about, or even thinking how much better it would be to not be a captain, go. Go somewhere else and have fun. Take the pressure off. Discover your game again. The love for it. Because it's not getting better in Chicago anytime soon. There's a two, three, four-year gap here before it's going to be better and your contract's going to be done. My question to you, Frank, is would anybody take Jonathan Taves' contract? Not at that number. I mean, honestly, you look at the eight goals this season and I'm thinking maybe not even at half. Like there'd probably need to be some kind of sweetener that's involved. Teams are capped out. Obviously, teams would be interested in that leadership and everything else that he brings. And yes, I know that he's a three-time Stanley Cup champion and such a big part of what Chicago has done. And it's not even necessarily about the point production with him, or at least it wasn't for the longest time. It was about his total game and his compete level. That compete level hasn't been there for a long time. And oh, by the way, since he signed that contract and since that contract started, the Blackhawks haven't won a, a single playoff series. So they're in a spot where they haven't, you know, those contracts and rightfully so were based on past performance, not necessarily about what they are doing for the future. It it sort of feels to me like if he's not a trade target, then at the very least, Jonathan Taves is going to be a buyout candidate this summer. Uh, It's going to be interesting to watch how that unfolds just because he's been such a staple there for so long, but you read his comments and you read between the lines and you're like, man, This does not feel or sound like a guy that really wants to be in Chicago for the long haul. In fact, my bigger question to that, Mike, is how much does he even really want to play when you hear comments like that? Yeah, I'm 
that's why I'm saying like, hey, dude, like find somewhere you can go. And I don't know if he can with the contract and everything, but I just think he'd be rejuvenated if he went somewhere else. Like, I think it's from the player perspective, the human perspective, man. Like if you're feeling down about something, there's other solutions. There's 31 other teams. Try to make yeah. it happen. Go have some fun, man. Find it. Find the joy in this game. You know, if it's not fun, it's not worth it. Yeah, fair point. Let's get to some news and nuggets from around the league with this week's edition of Icebreakers. Frank, the general manager's meetings are going on in Florida shortly. I know you've got your Tommy Bahama shirts perfectly pressed in the bag, ready to go. A couple of fedoras for the trip. I'm sure you've got those ready for the flight, right? Maybe not. Anyway, what's the hot topic going into the general manager's meetings this week in Florida? Yeah, I'm really curious to see what ends up ultimately being on the agenda, but I can tell you one item that was submitted. And Mike, that's the idea of instituting a salary cap or at least keeping track of salaries when it comes to the Stanley Cup playoffs. And the idea behind this is to eliminate the loophole that's been existed with, you've seen the Tampa Bay Lightning take advantage of it by having Nikita Kucherov on LTIR all season, then bringing him back for game one of the playoffs when there is no salary cap. You're seeing it now. That's what the Vegas Golden Knights plan to do with Mark Stone if they actually make the playoffs. So I think a number of managers and frankly, fans and other players, you heard Dougie Hamilton comment on it before. They're upset with the idea of icing a lineup in the playoffs that's vastly over the salary cap. I know that that's not the spirit of the CBA and what it was intended to provide. There is no salaries being exchanged in the playoffs, so players aren't getting paid. So that's another reason why the cap hasn't existed in the playoffs. But the point of this idea or proposal that has been sent to the NHL by a general manager is the idea that whatever lineup you ice in the playoffs, the 20 guys that are on the ice that night must fit under the $81.5 million cap. This is something that would take a lot of wrangling. Um, it's something that there may not be full agreement on. I don't think anyone blames Tampa or wants to blame Vegas. They're simply dealing with the situation as it is. And, and it's your job as a general manager to find every advantage that you can. But when you have an, a lineup that's on the ice, that's $98 million going against yours, that's 81. Well, inherently that team is going to have a significant boost and a chance to win. So the idea is 20 guys on the ice must fit under the 81 five. It's as simple as that. And those players would also count as whatever they were on the cap previously, meaning so if you had a guy that was a retained salary transaction and you had that other team retain half, well, they only still count as half. So, it also doesn't include your scratches, your toy, your three extra guys, or your black aces, just the guys that are in your lineup. I think it's a nice compromise and a way to move forward and have a more level playing surface. The other part of it, Mike, is when you look at the CBA, this is a material change that would need to be made. I don't know what the league's appetite is for this, and certainly I don't know what the player's appetite for this would be. It's something that I, at the very least, the the NHLPA would want to get something back for if they were to bargain this out. But the fact that it's been submitted to the league by a general manager tells you that there's other managers that are out there that are pretty upset about the way that this is all unfolded. 
For sure. And listen, if you're Julian Breezeblatt, if you're Kelly McCrimmon, if you're any other general manager in the league, you're not doing your job if you don't exploit loopholes. That's what it's all about, dude. I grew up in racing. If you were, if you didn't basically go right up to the edge of cheating, you were losing in racing. It's no different in a salary cap system. You got to find everything. But really, from the player's perspective, the PA is going to look at this and go, man, how will this affect our for- our contracts? Like, will there be less money handed out across the board? Just because effectively you're going to reign within what the salary cap is, I wonder about that. And But I do think that the players across the board would like to have an even playing field in playoffs. It's just when they start to look at the financials, and I don't have those in front of me. I'm not sure whether it would affect it or not. But if they look at the financials and think somehow this will suppress wages going forward, the PA is going to fight back really hard on it. And that's what it always comes down to is money. It doesn't come down to the level playing field. It comes down to money. So I, I'm really curious to see what side of this the players end up when those things get become presented to them. Because again, without having insider knowledge of what that may look like projection-wise, I would think, man, if this is hurting my bottom line as a player, I don't want to touch this. But from the competitive standpoint, yeah, I want to win a Stanley Cup, and I don't want another team to be able to go over the cap. So, Frank, this is this is going to be interesting, man. Like, I, I I can't imagine. I wonder what you think if if the GMs are split on this as well. If there's some that like it the way it is, I'm sure there are some that like. I guess it all depends on what your situation is. If you're a player on a team that's used this to your advantage, I'm sure you're like, hey, let's keep it around. I'm sure if you're a player that's lost to a team, you know, you saw Dougie. Hamilton come out last year and say, we just lost to a team that has $98 million cap. Like it's, it, it becomes difficult. I think there's a way to do it in that it, it won't affect wages and won't affect the total pie or total pool of, of player salary. It, it's, you know, and, and in fact, you could also make the math argument work that each dollar that's spent outside of the 50, 50 split, you know, you're in a spot where those players that are earning more money are in effect taking away from others, you know, through that Mm 50-50 split being equal. So there's a lot of layers to it. It's a complicated argument, but I think there's a way to do it in that you have a level playing field, which I think is really what everyone's after is it's let's close this off. This loophole has existed. There's been some legitimate and sometimes illegitimate reasons or why uh, this has gone the way that it has. But, uh, you know, I know that there's some managers at least out there saying, let's close this off. Yeah. And I think when both sides agreed to it in the last CBA, it probably didn't foresee this happening. Something they have to take a look at again. So, Frank, definitely looking forward to what you learned from the GM meetings that are taking place this week. This has been Icebreakers delivered by our friends at DoorDash, where... If you use the promo code DFODD within Canada or the promo code DFODDUS that you can see down below us on the screen right here on your first order, that will get you 25% off and no delivery fees. So great job, Frank. This has been Icebreakers delivered by DoorDash. All right, Mike, it's time for our daily face-off inbox question of the day. Hit us up on Twitter, hashtag AskDFO. We'd be happy to take your question. So this comes from How We Feeling, and he says, what does and where goes Marc-Andre Fleury? Love the emoji use. Flower go next year. Mike, is this it for Flower, or is he coming back? Well, I, I also love his his avatar there, Gonzo. One of my favorite, Muppet Christmas Carol, one of the best movies ever made. I, this is not Flower's last season. He's going to play again. 
in my heart, like, dude, I just hope he goes back to Pittsburgh. I know this is probably a pipe dream for everybody. Tristan Jari has been phenomenal, but boy, wouldn't it be cool for Marc-Andre Fleury to come full circle. He thought his career was going to end in Vegas. He was guaranteed by the owner it would end in Vegas. It is not. So let's bring him back to his rightful place, where he started, where he won his Stanley Cups. I'm hoping here, Frank. Do you have another feeling? What do you think? I don't know. I, I just get the vibe from the Pittsburgh thing is been there, done that. Like it was kind of mm-hmm. unceremoniously the way that that ended as well. Obviously they treated him well on the way out, but he was kind of run over a little bit by Matt Murray as well. He played really well in that second Stanley cup run to go back to Murray the way that they did with such a short leash. I don't know. I feel like that would have left a pretty sour taste for me, especially if the same coach is there still coaching the team all these years later. Um, I think of two destinations. One, I I wonder how this goes with Minnesota. If they have playoff success and he really likes it there, I think that would probably be a possibility. And the other one is Colorado, only because Darcy Mm. Kemper is a pending unrestricted free agent. Yes, they gave up a lot to get him. Uh, They're going to have a salary cap crunch moving forward. Is Kemper going to want to play on a hometown discount next season? I would say probably not. This is his chance to cash in on the free agent market. So that's going to be interesting. They've got all these contracts up. Can they keep Nazem Kadri? All these things going on. Maybe that's where Marc-Andre Fleury slides in after you know earning a lot of money in his career to say, hey, the money isn't really as important to me. Let's go try and win a Stanley Cup. I'll play for $3 million bucks instead of seven. I'm just throwing a random number out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's a team to keep an eye on. Yeah, and I think Flower's definitely going to choose somewhere where he thinks he can win or at least have fun, and it's a good fit for his family. That's the most important thing. So you can convince him of those. The salary cap hit is going to take care of itself, I think, here, Frank. It's all about fit when it comes to Flower. Yeah, no question. Let's get to our daily face-off daily bet segment. Tyler, you're M-Chuck. How'd you do last night, bud? I average one, one and one across the board, but the one bet we did hit was the Michael Bunting assist at plus 140. So it was a even night in terms of one, one and one, but we were up 0.4 of a unit. So, you know, money's money. Uh, let's uh, look yeah. at what we got going on tonight, though, courtesy of our friends at Points Bet Canada and starting with that matchup. I'm, I'm going to explain the one at the bottom here. I'm going back to something that I've really been doing a lot over the last month, and it's taking Two favorites, parlaying them to win in regulation. And this parlay of the Panthers and Oilers is paying out a very juicy plus 160. The Panthers, 7-2-1 in their last 10. They're taking on a Canadiens team that has just one win in their first four games on their current homestand. And the Panthers are bringing Claude Giroux into the lineup. So, yes, them missing Aaron Ekblad is a little bit worrisome. You guys talked about it earlier. The Giroux addition is huge. They're incredibly deep up front. I think the Panthers roll over the Habs tonight in G's debut. And then I like taking the Oilers in regulation against the San Jose Sharks. Eminence coming off back-to-back losses on the road to Colorado and Dallas. But when you take out the empty netters, there were basically one-goal games. They even brought Colorado to overtime. Edmonton's back on home ice tonight, and they're, uh, they've are they won five in a row at Rogers Place. They should have Miko Koskinen going between the pipes, but we'll wait for confirmation on that. Capo Kakinen is going for the San Jose Sharks. He might be fired up for his debut, but he did lose five straight starts to wrap up his career with the Minnesota Wild. So I like the goaltending matchup either way. I like Edmonton to roll in regulation, parlaying them with the Panthers at plus 160. And for my player prop, I'm sticking with that Edmonton matchup. Connor McDavid over one and a half points is plus 110. It's still kind of crazy that he's priced like this to go over a point and a half, but he's been doing it pretty much every game recently. Four of his last five, seven of his last 10 as well. Seven multi-point games in his last 10. McDavid is on an absolute McDavid-like heater right now. 
And like I said, Capo Kakinen struggled towards the end with the Minnesota Wild, giving up 19 goals in his last five starts. And it's not like he's going to a spot that's much better in terms of the team in front of him. In fact, San Jose is much worse than the Minnesota Wilds. So I think McDavid can produce tonight. I think the Oilers can win. And those are the two plays I got tonight, Frank. Love it. Love the parlay action as well. That brings us to garbage time. Mike, I usually cede the floor to you, but I actually want to talk about a player who's in a game that you're going to tonight, and that is the Philadelphia Flyers visiting the St. Louis Blues, and Hayden Hodgson is expected to make his NHL debut, and you're saying, who is Hayden Hodgson? This is exactly the same question a lot of teams have been asking themselves over the last few days, because... A number of other teams, I'm told, had very closely scouted Hayden Hodgson over the last number of weeks. He was a guy playing in the AHL with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, the Flyers farm team, but did not have an NHL contract. And I had one team tell me that this guy is a clone of Tanner Janot. My ears perked up at that immediately. His story is incredible. Not all that often you see a player make it from the ECHL last season all the way to the NHL this season. He spent five straight years playing in the coast, Mike. He played junior hockey in Erie with Connor McDavid all those years ago. We know how long McDavid's been playing in the NHL. Hayden Hodgson makes his NHL debut tonight. Love this story. Love the comparison. 18 goals in 44 AHL games this season. A bigger guy who's found a way to put it all together at the age of 26. The Flyers swooped in on deadline day, signed him to an NHL contract before someone else could do so. And now he's quickly making his NHL debut later this week. Awesome story and awesome for the Flyers if he pans out to be anything close to Tanner's, you know, because they also have him as a restricted free agent when this quick little one-year contract ends at the end of the season. Love the Hodgson story. Want to keep an eye on him over the next number of weeks to see if that prediction or that comparison is anything close to reality. I can't wait to see him play tonight. And shout out to everybody grinding in the cheeser, man. The ECHL produces players. I know people may look down on it as a double-A league. Uh-uh. You get goalies that come out of there. You get diamonds in the rough. There's a reason why it produces players for the American League. And once you get to the American League, you never know. Look at my career. I thought I'd be banking by the time I was 25. And somehow I've been fooling people ever since, Frank. So I can't wait to watch Hodgson play this evening. Yeah, you've been fooling us as well. Hodgson might make more yeah. money in the next couple of weeks than he did the last five years in the ECHL, which is absolutely bananas to think about. Good for him. Uh, good for you to grind it out as you did. Now you're fooling us at the Daily Faceoff show. That's all the time <laughs> we have for today's show. Thanks to Tyler Uremchuk. Thanks to Alex Allard, our technical producer. And thanks to Mike McKenna. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com for all the latest news, insight, and analysis from around the NHL. We'll be back tomorrow. 12 noon Eastern, you know where to find us. Until then, have a great day, everyone. Thanks for watching the Daily Face-Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.